630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Here's the staff to Riley's. He drops back. Blue Chiefs looking for Everly. He's throwing. Going to the end zone. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. Touchdown Eskimos. One-timer score. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Okay, here we go. The Oilers practicing and flying to Los Angeles today. Cam Talbot named the third star of the week in the NHL. 40 wins for Talbot. He gets one more. He sets a new team record for victories in a season. What a first period for the Toronto Maple Leafs tonight. They scored three times in 43 seconds. They scored three times on their first five shots on goal. They lead Buffalo 3-zip. Heading now to the second frame, Austin Matthews gets his 39th of the year. He also gets the most points by a Leaf rookie, beating Peter Inichuk back in 1983. The Senators and the Red Wings are tied 1-1 early in the second period, and the Canadians lead the Panthers 1-0 with five minutes left in the first. That is your Crystal Glass scoreboard for all your glass needs. You can visit crystalglass.ca. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. You can reach us by calling 780-496-0063. You can also text 630-630. Our email is insidesports at 630ched.com. And you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Hope you had a great weekend. It was an exciting game. Saturday night, Oilers against the Ducks. Maroon walking in right-hand side. Beautiful move to his backhand around Lindholm in front. Wrist shot, score! Connor McDavid, right circle. Talbot still in the pipes. Dreisaitl shoot, save. Rebound kick back to Dreisaitl. Open McDavid, and the pass was just off the mark. Got it back. Dreisaitl, one-timer, save. Rebound, score! Milan Lucic has tied the game with a minute 58 to go. Got a goal tonight on a slapper. Fell down, and here come the Oilers. Two on one to win it. McDavid in for the left-hand side. Drysaddle waits. There's the centering pass. What timer score! Leon Drysaddle for the second time this year has beat the Anaheim Ducks. Three, two, and Another epic call by Jack Michaels as the Oilers briefly moved into first place in the Pacific Division. They were uh, bumped back down into second place last night because Anaheim beat Calgary. So the Oilers two behind the Ducks. They do have a game in hand. Both teams will play tomorrow. Oilers against the Kings. You get it on Chet with 7 o'clock for the faceoff show. The game will start at 8.30. Anaheim will play Calgary tomorrow. And San Jose still hanging around. Two points behind the Oilers. They play Vancouver tomorrow night. Uh, the Oilers also with a game in hand on the Sharks. So the Oilers looking uh, like a pretty good shot to have 
home ice advantage in the first round. It's pretty much assured now that they'll finish in the top three in the Pacific Division, so they're not going to have to worry about maybe possibly facing Chicago in the first round. But uh, we'll see where that goes. It's an exciting race here. More bad news for San Jose. You probably saw Joe Thornton shaken up in uh, the previous game against Vancouver, and they're already without Logan Couture. Uh, I mentioned Cam Talbot, the third star of the week in the NHL. We'll have more from him later on in the show. We're going to be joined by Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet as the NHL announcing today, we ain't going. We ain't going to the Olympics in Pyeongchang in 2018. So I wonder what effect that's going to have really on viewership. I mean, are you going to be interested in the Olympics? If it's not McDavid, if it's not Crosby, it's not Price? Are you going to be interested if it's a really good player playing in Europe? Are you going to be interested if it's uh, junior players? Are you going to be interested if Alex Ovechkin just goes anyway <laughs> and plays for Russia? It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, as, you, as you probably know, I mean, this uh, basically boils down to money. What happened for the Sochi Olympics in 2014 was the, the NHL got the IOC, the International Olympic Committee, to agree to pay the players' insurance and travel costs. That came to a bill of about $14 million. Big concession there, but the IOC not doing it this time around. Um, the uh, International Ice Hockey Federation suggesting last fall, well, maybe we could step up and do that for the IOC. But the NHL said, well, we don't want money that might go to develop the game around the world to be used to this. And... You know, the NHL and a lot of owners wanted the money to come directly from the International Olympic Committee. The NHL saying the Olympics are making money off hockey. Why shouldn't you pay for it? Uh, the NHL was trying to negotiate some kind of financial compromise. Just didn't work out. So they said, all right, we're not going. They're not going. And the IOC has said, well, if you're not going in 2018, don't expect all of a sudden to go in 2022 when the games are in China, which is obviously, you know, a massive, massive market. We got some reaction to this today. Hockey Canada's uh, President Tom Rennie saying this. Today's statement by the NHL is not what we were hoping for because ultimately we want best on best at the 2018 games, which for us at Hockey Canada includes the participation of NHL players. This does not change our preparation for the games. We have developed both a plan A and a plan B, and we will be ready to move forward. However, for the next month, our, pri our priority is the 2017 World Championship, and we'll be ready to advance the required plan following that event. Ron Hextall, by the way, named the uh, GM for Canada at the World Hockey Championship. Not quite so uh, not quite so toned down from the NHL Players Association. I'll just read their entire statement. The players are extraordinarily disappointed and adamantly disagree with the NHL's short-sighted decision to not continue our participation in the Olympics. Any sort of inconvenience the Olympics may cause to next season's schedule is a small price to pay compared to the opportunity to showcase our game and our greatest players on this enormous international stage. A unique opportunity lies ahead with the 2018 and 2022 
Olympics in Asia. The NHL may believe it is penalizing the IOC or the players or both for not giving the owners some meaningful concessions in order to induce them to agree to go to Pyeongchang. Instead, this impedes the growth of our great game by walking away from an opportunity to reach sports fans worldwide. Moreover, it is doing so after financial issues related to insurance and transportation have been resolved with the IOC and IIHF. The league's efforts to blame others for its decision is as unfortunate as the decision itself. NHL players are patriotic and they do not take this lightly. A decent respect for the opinions of the players matters. That is the NHL's decision, or this is the NHL's decision and it's alone. It's very unfortunate for the game, the players, and millions of loyal hockey fans. So there you go from the NHLPA, basically saying, nice job, owners. We blame you. 780-496-0063. If you want to chime in, you can text 630-630. We'll be bringing your reaction throughout the evening. We'll bring in Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet when we get back. Hey, this is Jordan Everly from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Getting some interesting reaction on the text line. People on both sides of the fence about the NHL saying, we ain't going to the 2018 Winter Olympics. I'll get to your text uh, after the 6.30 news because we do have a guest coming up here right away who I want to bring in. Also tonight, uh, if you're uh, if you enjoy the old March Madness that always ends in April, North Carolina, Gonzaga, NCAA championship game. That'll start in about an hour. Canada 4-0 at the Men's World Curling over at Northlands Coliseum. Pounded Scotland 8-2 this afternoon, playing the United States tonight. Morley Scott covering the world's 4-6-30. Chet, he's going to join us with an update as we uh, move along this evening as well. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6-30. Chet, pleased to welcome Sportsnet's Jeff Merrick back to the show. Jeff, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing very well. Now where I live, a little bit north of Toronto, it is running outdoors weather. How uh, Have you had your sneakers outside yet, Reed, you runner, you? Wow, great timing. First outdoor run of the year yesterday. Did about 8K. Nice. So I hopefully, nice. that's, hopefully it's outdoors now until October, November. That's my preference here. Yeah, felt uh, great. Boy. I, I know you love it. I know you love it. That's great news. Yeah, and I'm glad you're sticking with it as well. That's sometimes that's the that's the challenge. But yeah, we both made it part of our lives, so that's good. We thought we had the NHL players in the Olympics as part of our lives. Well, we wow. did, we did for a couple decades, but I guess that's the that's the cap on. What what did you think about today's news? I mean, we kind of saw this coming, eh? Uh, yeah. I mean, the NHL has been consistent. Listen, there's a desire from the ownership that uh, they don't want to go. Uh, I know the IOC is going to cover all the costs uh, that were observed by the AAHF last time. That was not enough for the NHL this time. They wanted an enhanced model. Uh, they didn't get it, and so they're taking their... They're not taking their fucking going home. They're taking their fucking staying home. Uh, won't be sending anyone to, uh, to South Korea for, for the games next year, which is a, which is a bummer, uh, and it's a bummer for fans. I mean, I haven't met one NHL fan. I don't know about you. But I haven't met one NHL fan that doesn't love... Olympic hockey with NHL is in it, regardless of how Canada fares. Um, so it's a drag there. It's a drag for the players. I mean, that's a big mark of prestige now. Uh, everyone wants to have gloves up thinking about the Stanley Cup uh, and winning the Stanley Cup in North America specifically. Um, but now a sidebar to that is an Olympic gold medal. Um, you know, Sidney Crosby helps cement the reputation because of the gold medal. Jerome McGinley, Joe Sackick. Uh, you know, we think of Salt Lake City and the reputations that were cemented there to say nothing of the 
outstanding hockey that we've been treated to uh, over the past couple of decades with NHL participation. So on the one hand, you're right. We could see it coming. We shouldn't be surprised. On the other hand, I mean, I don't know what else to say, Reed, other than and it's not great analysis, and I apologize to your audience without having anything more sophisticated to say, but it's a bummer. I get to drag. Like, I know I'm employed to talk about hockey, and it's my job, but I'm a fan. At the end of it, I love watching hockey, and I love watching best-on-best Olympic hockey involving NHLers. Uh, I guess now the fun begins, right, Reed? Which NHL players are going to... You know, to I guess break rank is the wrong way mm-hmm. to put it, but are going to leave their club teams to go play. Uh, the Lions share, I should say probably all of them, uh, will be European players, and probably the Pied Piper in all of it. He's said this for years, and the owner has always said he has the green light. What happens with Alex Ovechkin the Washington Capitals? Because he said, whether the NHL goes or not, I'm going to play for Russia. And his owner, Ted Leontis, has always said, Guy's got a free pass in my book. Yeah. Now it gets interesting. Now it gets interesting. Well, and and, and Jeff, I think. I wonder too. And again, we we'll see how this is going to play out in the weeks and months to come. But there's going to be a team Canada, and yep. are, are people just kind of going to like? I know it's a hockey mad nation and all that kind of stuff. But once we've had the NHLers in it. Are we going to send guys over there and they're not going to get the support and the passion that a Canadian hockey team usually gets? I mean, I'm sure we'll still cheer for them, but I wonder if it's going to be kind of a muted reaction. And I kind of maybe feel yeah. for those guys if they gotta if they got to be that team, the first non-NHL team, right? I've got to think that there's a lot of players who recently retired that are starting to stretch this afternoon. You know, that earlier on today when the news broke, said to themselves, you know what, I'm getting back in the gym tomorrow. I'm going to make a shot at this one. Uh, fire up the national, uh, the national team all over again. Jeez, uh, uh, there will be a letdown, right? I mean, let's not let's not fool ourselves. You know, part of the marketability was the fact that these are NHLers and everybody knows them, and everyone knows the backstory, and everyone knows the rivalries, and everyone knows has seen the camaraderie on the international stage. There's a lot of these guys going back to their U18s and their U20s, uh, and that's part of the story, and that's part of the marketing now. It's going to be a whole lot of, yeah, I remember that guy. Didn't he play in Moose Jaw? Oh, I recognize that name. Yeah, he played for Val Dora, didn't he? I, 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 it, there will be a letdown because it's not Connor McDavid. And you know what? It's funny. That's the first name that I thought of. Really. I don't know about you, but you know, I just live a bit. I'm in Soville, so I'm about half an hour away from Newmark. But Connor McDavid grew up, you know, watching play tons with the Marlboros, watching his minor hockey. When I found out that you know, uh, the uh, NHL wasn't going to the Olympics. My first thought is, what a drag for Connor McDavid. Yep. This would have been a wonderful stage. In the World Cup of Hockey, he's not playing for Team Canada, North America. Sure, he played World Championships for Team Canada, but it's not the same. This was going to be Connor McDavid's first chance at playing for an Olympic medal for Team Canada. He was, that was the first place that I went to in my mind as far as who is this a drag for outside of the fans. My first thought is, man, this really sucks for Connor McDavid. Yeah, that occurred to me as well. Jeff Merrick from Sportsnet joining us on Inside Sports tonight. Speaking of Connor McDavid, 
incredible last 10 well an incredible season really but the last 10 games have uh, you know the point production has been incredible the Oilers are winning 9 of those 10 they're challenging for first place in the division they're looking good to at least have home ice in the first round of the playoffs I always hesitate being strong on individual player awards until we get late in the season and I know I've seen McDavid yeah and I know I've seen McDavid play more than teams on other markets because I'm watching every Oilers games but I'm just looking at him now and I'm like how can he not win the Hart Trophy Crosby's in the conversation um, he's done a lot of it with a really injured team and a revolving door of wingers uh, that is not exactly a who's who of the NHL with all due respect to Jake Ensel and Connor Sheary and Brian Rust I mean these are not these are not household names by any stretch of the imagination so, so Sydney's in the conversation but to me jeez I don't know I mean it's been months really since I've even entertain the idea that it would be anyone except Connor McDavid. Like, I don't know. Like, every time, you know, when I'm on television, our crew's like, okay, we're going to talk about the Hart Trophy race. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Where's the race? Like, it's, it's done. Like, oh, they want to talk about a race. We'll talk about the Norris. You know, we'll talk about the Jack. Like, the Hart Trophy's not a race. Hart Trophy's done. You know, like, I watch uh, a lot of hockey every night until the final horn, like, the entire league if that's what my job is, to cover the entire league. Connor's blowing everyone out of the field. Right? If you're an Oilers fan right now, listen to this thing, and you only watch the Oilers, and you're wondering you know, how Crosby's been this year, how Patrice, or how uh, Brad Marchand's been this year, other people that are candidates for that, Connor has been blown out of the water. Like, to me, it's, it's not a race. The hard, the hard trophy is probably the easiest one to call, you know, outside of the awards where it's just a statistical award, like the Rocket Richard. Heart's over. Read. Done. It's Connor. Period. And no one's going to convince me otherwise. This is the Connor McDavid trophy now, and it's just now for a number of years. All right, and quickly before I let you go along the individual awards uh, theme here, I get asked a lot about the Jack Adams and the uh, Vesna. Uh, we we yep. could have Oilers in the top three there. I'm not sure if McClellan and Talbot are going to win it, but maybe they've squeezed into the top three in the voting when all said and done. So being the talk, I think the the Vesna's right now is Bobrovsky's to win. Uh, I mean, I'm with, I'm with you. I like your, your I like the way you position it. I don't like to talk about awards until the end of the season because you look at you know you look at the the Vesna. I mean, early on we gave it to Carey Price and then we gave it to Devin Dubnik, and now I think we have to give it to Sergey Bobrovsky. You know, the Norris in the first couple of months we gave it to Shea Weber, then we gave it to Brent Burns. Now I think if you're a sane hockey fan, you look at the entire season. I'm giving it to Victor Hedman. Um, as far as Jack Adams goes, I think it's a two-person race. I think the problem will be in that conversation for what he's done to this year. Um, but I think that Glenn Gullitson's Calgary is an easy story to follow, and that's usually how voters follow it. Um, but to me, the, the two are Joel Quenville of the Blackhawks and Mike Babcock of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Babcock has never won a Jack Adams, uh, which I know surprises some people, but maybe considering he's never won this award before he becomes almost a sentimental choice for people voting. But for me, it's Chicago, Toronto, Frenville, and Babcock for your, for your coach of the year. Jeff, we always appreciate your insight. I know it's a busy day, so thanks a lot for taking time to join us. Yeah, no problem. Wish it was a better day. Hey, drag with no NHLers. That's in the Olympics. That sucks. Yeah, and certainly people chiming in on the text line about that. I'll get to some of those, and you heard Merrick really strong there. Hart Trophy belongs to Connor McDavid. I think it is going to go that way. Phone lines are open as well, 780-496-0063. It's Inside Sports on Chet. 
this is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. So the Nuge and the Oilers will play the Kings tomorrow night. Four games left in the regular season for Edmonton, then playoffs next week. Oilers and Kings tomorrow, 7 o'clock face-off show. The game will start at 8.30, so we'll have a one-hour edition of Inside Sports before we go into the Oilers' coverage. NHL tonight, Maple Leafs lead the Sabres 3-1 in the second period. After one, Canadians up 1-0 on the Panthers. Late in the second period, it's Detroit 2, Ottawa 1. Canada winning today to improve to 1-2 and at the Women's World Hockey Championship. 8-0 over Russia. Edmonton Shannon Zabados, a 17-save shutout. The Blue Jays lost their season opener 3-2 in 11 innings to Baltimore. Mark Trumbo, a walk-off solo homer off Jason Grilly to get the victory there. Uh, and in uh, curling, Canada 8, Scotland to the final at Northlands Columns Coliseum this afternoon. Canada 4-0 playing the United States tonight. And Morley Scott will have an update from the old rink coming up in about uh, 16 minutes or so. You can text 630-630. Luke says, I don't give a darn about the Olympics. Southside Rob says, uh, Reed, I believe the NHL commissioner made a bad decision today in keeping the NHL out of the 2018 games. But he says, let them stay home. I'll still watch. Bill says, greedy NHL owners will change their tune when fans boycott NHL games for three weeks during the Olympics. Bill, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it does, make sure you call me and tell me I'm wrong. But I don't think that fans will boycott the NHL during the Olympics. Uh, this texture says the issue is the rest of the world. Canada won't be as interested, but for the rest of the world, they will still care. IOC gets its viewers. All right. Lots of texts coming into 630-630. We also have Sean on the phone line. Hey, Sean, hey, go ahead, buddy. Thanks. I uh, Honestly, I love hockey. It's my, it's my favorite sport, but I think this is actually a good decision as a Canadian, for the for the NHLers not to go to the Olympics, and the main reason is is we have so many amazing athletes in this country, and unfortunately, the media focuses too much on hockey. in In the Olympics, it's one medal; mm-hmm. it is one medal of hundreds. and And I honestly think we need to focus a little bit more on our amateur athletes and the cross country skiers and the losers and the snowboarders and you name it. I think it's an opportunity for the media in particular, to focus on all of the amazing athletes we do have in Canada instead of 20 hockey athletes who are going to compete for one solo medal. All right. I'm going to argue with you. Well, I'm not going to argue with you, Sean. I'm going to be a little cheeky, though, if you don't mind. As you know, sometimes I am. You who, bet. who won the men's downhill skiing title this year? Oh, uh, as I couldn't tell you. Right. Who who won the cross-country women's World Cup title? Right? I couldn't tell you. Right. You're right. So you do you actually why, do you actually, you know, are you are you actually going to care about those sports during the Olympics that you don't care about the other 4 year, the other 3 weeks and 3 years and well, 50 I, weeks? I, and, and and I get your cheekiness, but I'll put it right back on you and what's being covered instead of all those other sports on the television on the radio? We don't get to hear about any of those other sports unless we go searching specifically for it. 
The nice thing about the Olympics is they're actually on the television. They are televised, in most cases, live. And we get that chance to actually be patriotic about other sports. Well, that's a fair point, and I think fans do rally around Canadian athletes. I think Vancouver was pretty special. If you want to talk about John Montgomery walking down the street after winning the, was he in Skelton, drinking the beer, and, you know, you remember moments like that. Virtue and Moyer, a couple figure skaters who have done well. Uh, Caitlin Osmond, who's an Edmontonian, as you probably know, just got silver at the figure skating world, so she'll be a medal threat last year. Uh, I mean, I think I, I do think you raise a good point. I guess, is, is it a chicken or egg thing? Does the media not talk about other sports because fans don't care, or do fans not care because the media never talks about it? I know tonight, if I don't come on and have a fair bit of Oilers and hockey comments, I, I feel like I don't know if that's going to draw people in as much as having Nate Curlers on, even if they're really good curlers. You see what I'm saying? I think he's gone. All right. Well, that was a good call by Sean, though. Valid point. We got Dave on the line as well. Hi, Dave. Hey, Reed. Great show. Thank you. I just wanted to comment on I would love to see it go back to complete amateurs for the. I don't mind them not being in it. I think I might be old school, but take it back to 1980 and the Miracle on Ice. I don't know. I think I think it'd be great just to see amateurs back in there and it that way moving forward and um great joe and i just want to end with i my vote would be for city uh, for crosby for the heart for the heart okay are, now are you an oilers fan or just a hockey fan uh i'm actually an islander fan so so you know you're not voting uh, for roland melanson <laughs> <laughs> but you know what with what the david's done is unbelievable um uh, but they're both both world-class hockey players yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. I don't know if there's a bad choice if you're picking between one of th- one of those two guys, right? And for a while, it looked like it might be Burns, so maybe he's still going to be in the mix. We'll see for sure. Thanks, Dave. You bet. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll bring Fred onto the show as well. Hello, Fred. Hi. How are you? Doing well. The reason I'm calling in is I got to say I'm very disappointed with the result. What I liked about the Olympics it was national pride. And while Jerome played for the Calgary Flames, it gave me an opportunity for him to cheer as a Canadian. We all love Sid the Kid, but why do we love Sid the Kid? Because he was Canadian and he won the, the you know, he won the big medal for Canada. And it polarizes us as our, our, our nations, our nationalities, what we believe in. And, and I think that's where we're very proud. And that's where I think I'm really sorry to see this not happen because it gave us all a chance to become Canadians and cheer and beat the Russians, you know, or right. how are the Swedes? This has got a totally different flavor. I'm not interested in the Olympics now. Well, I, I'm, I was wondering, Fred, if anybody would, would have that opinion tonight. I mean, a couple people texted in saying, well, I'll still watch. A couple people saying I wouldn't watch. But, I mean, I remember watching... I want to say it was 92, because remember there were Olympics in 92 and 94 when they changed the rotation. And I mm-hmm. remember watching like Paul Correa and Brian Savage, guys who like went on into the NHL. And at that time, I thought it was pretty cool because they were up-and-coming guys. But how do you step back from having the best players in it to now saying, okay, here's three guys off the uh, University of Manitoba, and here's two guys, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you don't think you would watch, eh? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, it's, it, to me, it's too much pride, you know. And also, I think it's a measure of the country's improvement or, or, or falling apart, maybe a little bit, if you want to use that as a phrase of hockey. 
you know, I've always find it interesting to see how the Germans did. And, you know, the Swedes are becoming more of a competition against Canada, against the Russians, although we always like to go against the Russians. Mm-hmm. That's going to disappear a bit. Well, look how the Swiss have come on, even. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's an interesting point. Fred, thanks for calling. No problem. Thank you. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We also have Richard with uh, an Olympic opinion. Hey, Richard, go ahead. Yeah, Reed. Uh, just a comment. There's a gentleman just talked about the amateur athletes in yep. the Olympics. Yep. For most of those sports, like the skiers, I'm sorry, but they weren't amateurs. They made a lot of money skiing, yet they still competed in the Olympics. Yeah. Well, the whole amateur designation has been pretty blurry for quite a while quite a while now right so it always has been yeah we all know that the russian russian olympic teams in the hockey they were paid professionals working in the, in the army yeah good point yeah and that was going on for a long time yeah and it hasn't been amateur for a long time i will still watch the olympics because i enjoy watching all the sports but let's talk about amateurs it's the only countries that were standing amateurs were getting their butts kicked yeah yeah i think in a lot of sports for sure thanks richard you're welcome bye Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Pedro is on the line. Hello, Pedro. Yeah, hi. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Go ahead. I just wanted to say it takes a real backwards kind of person to put a city team over a national team all day long. Uh, how, how do you mean? Who was doing that? Well, who would take precedent? What would take precedence? Your city team over your national team? Isn't that doesn't that seem absurd? Well, are you talking about the one caller that was talking about a Ginla? No, I'm talking about in general. I'm talking about in general. Wouldn't it be better to play for your country than for your city? And for most of these people, it isn't even their city. Well, in the NHLPA, I don't know if you heard, the NHL. I read it in the first half hour, the NHLPA put out a strong statement that's saying we as players want to go. They flat out said they think the owners made the wrong decision. Well, of course. Doesn't it mean anything to put on your country's jersey? Well and, I, well, and I think that's why the NHLPA said that. I mean, they uh, they actually said this is the NHL's decision and it's a loan. That's a direct quote from the Players Association statement. So they are saying we we wanted to go. They they want the they want pros in the Olympics for sure. As players, well, they're saying that. Well, obviously, they're thinking straight. <laughs> well, I I think it comes down to money, buddy. That may not surprise you to hear that. But, you know, the owners want to be compensated. So there it is. All right. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks, Pedro. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. One texter says, like three guys from the University of Manitoba are going to make the Olympics. Oh, there we go. (laughs) I think he he knows what I was getting at. Chris from Phoenix is on the line. Hi, Chris. Hey, long time no speak. What is in the playoffs? I hope you're doing well, yeah. I love it. It was great. I wanted to call in when, when we clinched it, but uh, uh, I might have been drinking a little too much, so I didn't want to call in. Um, <laughs> it's nice to see us uh, kicking some butt, um, getting sick and tired of these idiots uh, nationwide, uh, only calling it one a one-man team. Um, you know, this time right now. And for any person out there, whether they're, they're a professional broadcaster or a know-it-all hockey guy or just your average ordinary Joe like myself or, or whoever, if you if there is even a competition of who the guy that who the player that's gonna get the heart is, there there is no competition. You look at what McDavid has done, he has taken this team we're plus what, almost forty points from last year? I think we had sixty seven points last year and we're gonna probably break a hundred. 
So that's what, 33 points or, or somewhere around there? Uh, that's see, what was it, 71 last year, yeah. Yeah. So the, just just on that alone, the, the guy has willed this team to win. Him him, and Talbot. You know, I, I've, I've been on the Talbot bandwagon for, for the longest time, too, but if, if we're picking a player... To me, there's no question. It's it's Connor McDavid. The kid, the kid comes to play. He's normally the best player on the on the ice on either team. He he takes this team by the reins and he wills it to win. So it's just awesome. It's it's been way too long for playoff hockey in Edmonton. I wish I was I wish I was up there, but it's going to be rocking. Um, just proud to be an Oilers fan right now. And let's kick some butt. Let's make. It. And also, here we go. I like the fact that there is multiple Canadian teams in in the playoffs this year. It's great for Canada. It's great for us Canadians. As long as none of the none of the other Canadian teams make it past the first round, other than the Oilers, I'll be fine. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> All right, that's Chris from Phoenix. Always passionate. Love to hear from him. Thanks to everybody who called in. I'll have more overtime or more open line time after seven o'clock, and I want to get into the uh, abuse that McDavid has taken and likely will take in throughout of his career. But we're going to quickly go to Northland's Coliseum when we get back. Morley Scott with an update on the curling. It's Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. Cam Talbot, the NHL's third star of the week, 3-0 last week. We'll hear some comments from him as we move along on Inside Sports tonight. You can text 630-630. Chris says, hey, Reed, if the country sent no NHL players to the Olympics, that's okay by me. I'm a Canadian first, and I love my country. Whoever they send to the Olympics, amateur or whoever is fine. When I went and watched the 88 games in Calgary. There was some great hockey. It was awesome to see Canadian boys playing. This texter says, Hey, Reed, I was walking from the Epcor Parkade last week and speaking along the way with a Red Wing scout. He told me that Edmonton was a one-man show. All right. And this texter says, Hi, Reed, this is crap. Any chance the NHL players could boycott the playoffs until this Olympic thing gets fixed? As we bring in Morley Scott. Well, they could. I, I don't know how, what that would do for their careers, though. <laughs> I'm not sure anybody would win in that situation. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, and, you know, the players are upset about it, but I, I don't know if they have much to say. Morley, you're, I mean, you and I are both huge sports fans, besides being lucky enough to cover sports for a living. Would you watch less Olympic hockey if it wasn't NHLers in yep. 11 months? I think, I think I will. I think I will watch less. And uh, I, it's plain and simple, the games without the best players in the world playing it, the games aren't as good. You know, uh, plain and simple. Like that, to me, was the lure of watching Olympic hockey. It was best on best. It was the best players from every country. And, and I think it's a shame that the NHL is missing the boat on this. Uh, I, I just I don't understand why they would make this move. I, I, I always believe that I think they're trying to get it to the point where uh, the World Cup's going to be their baby, and that's where they want best on best because they can control it more. They can make more money out of it. But, man, there's just something about Olympic hockey. Since the uh, the pros started playing in Reed, it's been pretty special to watch. I mean, you go back. I was in Vancouver in, in 2010, and uh, uh, being in, being just being around the city while that team was playing was, was, was pretty cool. And uh, I, I think it's a mistake, but uh, I don't know if there's any going back from it now. Well, you said the M-word, money. So yep. <laughs> that's the big explanation Funny how that here. works out, eh? Yeah, for sure. You're at the World Curling Championship over at Northlands Coliseum, as we once again know it. Canada is 4-0, and 
Scotland has been of a bit of pretty big foe for Canada in recent years, but uh, a really good result for Gushu this afternoon. Tell us how they were able to get a lopsided win in that game. Totally dominant. They scored two in the first, uh, gave up one in the second, then uh, two more in the uh, in the third, stole two more in the fourth, stole another one in the fifth. Uh, it was a, a real bad day. Uh, for the Scottish Skip Murdoch. Uh, he was curling at the end of five ends. He was at 60%. Well, Gushu was at 98%. Uh, that's the tail of the tape right there for the game uh, because of that, uh, Canada was easy, was able to win it easy and uh, get a couple of ends off for the sweepers as well as the Scotland shook hands early in that one. It's been a, it's been a perfect tournament so far for Gushu and his crew. They've been, uh, uh, despite a schedule, that they're kind of backed up against the wall over the next 24 to 48 hours or so because of the schedule. A part of the everyone's got to go through it, but they're playing uh, six games of the next seven draws, which started this afternoon. So uh, this will be uh, as they play the U.S. tonight. Read their first time they'll play back-to-back games in 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 the event. So uh, we'll see how they come out of it if, after they get a little bit tired. But uh, they've been they've been good so far. You can't complain about anything. Uh, they've won it in interesting ways. You know, uh, Gushu didn't play very well in the first game, and and they managed to stick around long enough to make the shots. Uh, the game uh, last night against Sweden. They they had a terrible start. weren't playing very well. They're down two nothing, down four two, but they kept it close long enough for Gushu to get his game going, and he made some shots near the end of the game. And he says since about the midpoint of that game or later in that game last night through today's game, it's maybe the best curling they've done so far this year as a foursome. All right, tell us how is the states doing so far? What do you expect tonight? Uh, the states are two and two. They've uh, they've got a good uh, skip in Schuster, and and, and uh, Gushu was saying earlier. Uh, today that uh, that uh, he is capable of putting up big numbers. He said he could come out and throw 95% at us uh, this evening, so we have to be ready. But uh, they're they're two and two so far, uh, so they're kind of down the list on in the standings. It's all Canada at four and zero. Oh. Sweden's at four and one. They're in second place, and Switzerland's at three and one. Switzerland lost to Canada in the, the first game of the event on Saturday, and now they've reeled off three straight wins since then. Right now, those three teams kind of separating themselves from everybody else, Canada, Sweden, and Switzerland. Norway uh, and China are at three and two. They're still still in the mix a little bit, but they're starting to, to separate now uh, the good teams from the bad teams. I think after the first couple of days, uh, Canada was in a position where uh, they were in first place, but there was like six or seven teams tied to one win behind them. So uh, they're starting to separate themselves now. All right. Well, Morley, I know you are immersed in the championship, and I know you're giving great coverage here on air on 630Chad and also on 630Chad.com. So I look forward to uh, your reports after this game tonight. Thanks for the update, buddy. You bet, Reed, anytime. Talk to you later. That is Morley Scott checking in from Northlands Coliseum. He's going to be covering Canada and the United States at the World Curling Championship. As he mentioned, Canada 4-0. and Shannon Zabados, a 17-save shutout for the Canadian women's national hockey team. 8-0 win over Russia, so they improve to 1-2 and as the round robin concludes for Canada. They can still get a bye into the semifinal, depending on the result tonight between the United States and Finland. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick timeout. You'll hear a little bit from Cam Talbot and Connor McDavid. Talk a little bit about great players facing abuse on the ice court or field. Did some historical research here, believe it or not, which means I spent some time on the internet. It's Inside Sports on 630Chad. 630Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Chad.